This is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and we're in Luke chapter 1. Zechariah has been called by his division to do a particular service in the temple. That service is important. That service had a lot about it in the Old Testament. And I think it's worth exploring it, not maybe completely, but at least get some of the basics about how important this particular service was. So we're going to invite in David and Hattie and kind of go over that. May the Holy Spirit guide us and give us ears to hear, hearts to understand, minds to comprehend, and hands and feet to work out what he has to teach us today. In Jesus' name. Hi! Well, hi, Hattie. Hi! Well, hi, David. What are we going to study today? Well, we are in Luke 1. Yeah, yeah. Zacharias found out he's going to have a son named John, right? And Elizabeth is happy about it, right? Well, here's something else to comprehend. Zechariah had gone into the temple to do a particular job. Do you remember what it was? No. No, I don't either. Well, let's read it again. So, he was of the division of Abijah. We, we covered that. Or probably better pronounced, uh, Abiyah. Or Abiyah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. We're going to find out how important that is while we're doing this other study. Verse 8, now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Okay, what's incense? Well, incense is a group of spices that is brought together that when burned, have a very particular smell to them. It's pretty strong most of the time. And it pervades the whole thing. I think I've seen incense. Do people have little sticks that burn incense? And it's, it does. It's really strong. Yeah. So that is incense. Um, incense comes in different forms. And we're going to find out that incense also is made in different ways. Here's the thing about this particular service. Um, incense had been part of some major stories in the time of Moses and Aaron. Major stories. And so this particular service in the temple 
had even when it was done wrong been one of those things that when people did them wrong, they died. Whoa. Right. And the whole multitude were praying outside at the hour of incense. So remember that this is done in a very particular way at a very particular time. And so when this angel shows up, Zachariah is really, really scared he's done something wrong. He is really, really scared he's going to die. And there's some reasons for that. Wow, that's scary. I never feel like that scared at church. You know, here's the amazing thing. Sometimes, because Jesus' love was so great, we miss the holiness and the exactness of God. God is an incredible God of order. And I have to admit, I am guilty of this as well, missing these important things because we don't do them. Or we do some things in certain ways and don't do other things in certain ways, and we don't realize especially growing up sometimes, how important some of these things are. And we haven't seen anybody struck dead doing them, typically. So, um, we don't have the same sense. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, we have a very different covenant than the Israelites did in the Old Testament. And we're going to cover a little bit of that. We're not going to cover all of it because there's a lot of that to cover. But we're going to cover a little bit of that as we deal with this one particular thing, this altar of incense. It's, it is amazing how important this part of the temple service was. Wow. So Zachariah is really doing something that isn't easy to do. He really is. He's doing something that has been a bit of a catching point, um, particularly for the family of Aaron. And so I kind of wanted to go over a couple of passages about this altar of incense, since we don't typically have these in churches. So, is that okay? Yeah, now I'm curious. <laughs> That's good. That's a good thing. Being curious is a good thing. So, let me bookmark this here in Luke, and we're going to head off to Exodus 30. Now, the tabernacle, do you know what that is? Well, when the people were traveling from Egypt to before they got to the land of Israel, God had them build a, a tent to worship him. 
Yes, kind of. Yeah, essentially that is what the tabernacle is. Although they found out very quickly that God was bigger than that tent. So um, it was a very special place. It held some very special things. It was supposed to be in the midst of the people. Um, it became very hard to do that because the people didn't listen very well. But the design was very specific. There are multiple chapters in the book of Exodus that explain the design God had for this very special place. Wow. So we're going to read just a section about the altar of incense. It has 10 verses just all about it. Yes. So there was there were there were different sections of the temple, but you're right. This one has 10 verses just about the altar of incense. So verse 30, or chapter 30, verse 1. You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length. All right, all right. What's a cubit? Well, a cubit is various measures. Um, but typically, it was from your elbow to the tip of your hand. It was supposed to be a cubit. It equals, give or take, a foot and a half. Um, there have been slightly different measures, so sometimes we have to play with this a little bit. But essentially, if you put a foot and a half in, you're going to be somewhat close. Okay, so it's not very big. Now, a cubit shall be its length, and a cubit its breadth. It shall be square. And two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. Now, wait, 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 wait. Horns? What do you mean horns? Well, an altar had corners. And they would come up. And the different parts of the offering could end up on these horns. We'll read about that in a minute. But these horns were also used as places that you could... People used them occasionally to ask for safety. Um, they had a special, special name. What's that? Karen. Or we would pronounce it Karen. Oh, you're kidding. We still use that name today. Yes, we do. Wow, that's a biblical name? It is, it is. And it was referring to these horns on the altar that you'll find out were part of, part of the ceremony of the altar. So, so it wasn't a very big altar. It didn't have to be. Um, you shall overlay it with pure gold. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, we don't see a whole lot of things overlaid with pure gold anymore. It's top and around its sides and its horns. And you shall make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make two golden rings for it. Under its molding, on two opposite sides of it, you shall make them. And they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. So they didn't just pick this thing up. They had to fit poles through it. Right. And that was very important because the Ark of the Covenant was made this way. This particular altar was made this way. Um, there were lots of things that were moved in a particular way by the sons of Levi. Um, and that's part of all of the instructions that they got is, is what to cover it with, how to move it, how to set it up. Very important instructions. Wow. That's a lot of instructions. It is. It is. It's a lot of instructions. Okay. And you shall put it in front of the veil. Oh, you shall make the poles. We missed this part. Verse 5, you shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. So the poles were gold too? Yes. So everything you could see looked like gold. And you shall put it in front of the veil that is above the Ark of the Testimony in front of the mercy seat that is above the testimony where I will meet with you. Whoa, God's going to meet them there? Right. At the mercy seat that was above the Ark of the Testimony. So this incense was the last thing that needed to happen before they entered what we would call, what the Bible later calls, the Holy of Holies. This place where God met them. Wow! Yes. This is pretty important. It is. It is. That's why, that's why I thought you needed to understand that when Zechariah is doing this, he, he knows that he might meet God, and he knows that if he doesn't do it right, that might not be a good thing. So when the angel Gabriel shows up, he is really afraid. Um, wow. And Aaron, verse 7, shall burn fragrant incense on it. Every morning when he dresses the lamps, he shall burn it. And when Aaron sets up the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it. A regular incense offering before the Lord throughout your generations. So it was the priest. So he was doing the priestly duties like Aaron did the priestly duties. Yes. What was the lamp? You remember when you said that you'd, you'd seen friends during Hanukkah that had a menorah? Yeah. That 
that lamp with all the branches? Okay. That was, that is made to look like the lamp that was in the temple. A menorah looks like the lamp. Now, there were special rules about that lamp. That lamp was never supposed to go out. So twice a day, they would go in, and this is what is going on here. Twice a day, Aaron would go in and make sure that the lamp had enough oil and that it was it would stay lit. That was part of the testimony of this entire thing, is that that lamp stays lit. What we find out here is that when he goes to do that twice a day, the incense altar is also used and burns incense. Wow. Okay. Verse 9. You shall not offer unauthorized incense on it. We'll talk about what that is here in a minute. Or a burnt offering or a grain offering. And you shall not pour a drink offering on it. So this was used purely for incense. Purely for incense. Nothing else. You couldn't substitute this altar for the burnt offering altar. You couldn't substitute this altar for any other part of the temple. It had its very own thing. Wow. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement, he shall make atonement for it once in the year throughout all your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. So they put blood on those horns? Yeah, they offered a sin offering once a year during the time of atonement. They only got to be atoned? What does atonement mean? Well, it means that their sins were paid for by a sacrifice of a lamb or the other things that God names here once a year. So, I mean, I ask forgiveness of God every morning. That's an amazing thing. It's really not something they could do exactly, and it required a sacrifice. So how come we don't do sacrifices like that anymore? What did Jesus do on the cross? He was a sacrifice for our sins. Wait a minute. So Jesus was our sacrifice and we don't do this anymore? Right. Wow. So, wait a second. So, if he was a sin offering, is our sin offering, then are there still sweet-smelling sacrifices? There are, and that's such a good question, David. That is a super 
super question. So what is our modern equivalent of that? You know what? I think we need to do that for another day. Is that okay? Yeah. But uh, now I'm curious. Right. I can't blame you. So I totally agree that we need to cover that. What are the sweet-smelling sacrifices now? So this was very important. It was super important. So... What else do we need to know about it? Well, later in the chapter, in that same chapter... If we go back to Exodus 30, and I don't want to make this this story too long, um, but we, people mess this up, just so you know. So we'll cover that here in a little bit. But let's go to the bottom of this chapter, because it's really important that we understand. Remember it said you couldn't put unauthorized incense on this? Yeah. Okay, so let's read the end of the chapter, in verse 22, the Lord said to Moses, take the finest spices of liquid myrrh, 500 shekels. What's a shekel? (laughs) It was the money of the time. Um, It bounces around in equivalencies, but, well, okay, okay. So it it, it was expensive, yeah. And of sweet-smelling cinnamon, half as much, that is 250, and 250 of aromatic cane, and 500 of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. And you shall make of these a sacred anointing oil, blended as by the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. With it you shall anoint the tent of meeting, and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all its utensils, and the lampstand, and its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering, with all its utensils, and the basin, and its stand. You shall consecrate them, that they be that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them will become holy. Wow! Just from oil? Well, God is telling them to do this a certain way. He's telling them that there is a way for things to be made holy. And he has rules as to what holy is. Because he is holy. So he knows exactly what holy is. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may serve me as priests and you shall say to the people of Israel this shall be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations it shall not be poured on the body of an ordinary person and you shall make no other like it in composition it is holy and it shall be holy to you So it's special. There's nothing else like it. Right. Right. Whoever compounds any like it, or whoever puts any of it on an outsider, shall be cut off 
from his people. Wow. Booted out. Yes. We're not to the incense yet. Wait a second. So verse 34. The Lord said to Moses, Take sweet spices, stacti and ondica and galbanum, sweet spices with pure fragrance of each, shall there be an equal part, and make an incense blended as by the perfumer, seasoned with salt, pure and holy. You shall beat some of it very small, and put part of it before the testimony in the tent of meeting, where I shall meet with you. It shall be most holy for you. Why is a second? Back up. When we were talking about the oil, it says this shall be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations. It is holy. This is most holy. Right. This is most holy. And the incense that you shall make according to its composition, you shall not make for yourselves. It shall be for you, holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to use as perfume shall be cut off from his people. Wow. God takes this serious. Really serious. You know, God took sin very seriously. He took meeting with the people very seriously. He still does. He takes meeting with us very, very seriously. It cost him Jesus dying and going through all of that to be the atonement, to be the sacrifice for our sins so that we could meet with God. So God doesn't take any of this lightly. Wow. I guess not. No. I guess not. Wow. No wonder Zachariah was nervous. That would be a lot to know. It would be a lot to know. It would be a lot to do. It would be a lot to remember. And Zechariah had to be very close to the top age of a priest. Priests only served from age 20 to age 50. They retired early from being a priest. It required a lot of memory it required a lot of um, stamina. It required doing this stuff all day long. There was a lot that was required to be a priest of the Lord if you did it right. And God limited their ages so that um, they could they could minister correctly. But they had to learn. 
And this was passed down throughout their generations. Yes. Wow. What a thing to be passed down. Yes. What a thing to be passed down. And are there still sons of Aaron? There are. So that they miss this. This is something they can't do right now. There is no temple. Right. Right. We'll read we'll read about this later. Wow. Exactly. This is this is this is heavy stuff. Zechariah does not enter that temple lightly. He knows. He knows his job. Um, and he knows the stories we'll get into after this, but I think this is enough for now. I think I need to leave you with that sense of holiness and God's glory and what it takes to meet with God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, your intent was always to live among us. That was the intent in the Garden of Eden. That is what all of this was about in the Old Testament. That is why Jesus came. God, help us to never take that lightly. Help us to enter that with awe and gratitude and incredible love for you and a want to be holy as you are holy. God, this is amazing. Amazing. So much that is so hard for us to comprehend. Thank you for caring this much for us. In Jesus' name, we pray. To, be, to you be the honor and the glory and the power and the kingdom forever and ever. Amen. 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 Okay, we have more to cover about this. Well, I'm looking forward to it, but that was pretty heavy. Yeah, that was pretty serious stuff. It was. It was. Thank you for listening. Gladly. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. See you later. See you later, guys. Bye. This has been Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth and David and Hattie. And I hope that you have been taught a new wonder, a bigger wonder of the God that we serve. And how much he cares for you. God loves you. And you are one of his excellencies.
So what is the next step? If you've heard this podcast, I appreciate you and would love to hear from you. There's a couple of options. Number one, listening adds value to this podcast and making this podcast. Um, Number two, you can subscribe to this podcast if you want to know more about that. Email me at trainbygrace2 at gmail.com. I'll be happy to set you up with that. Number three, um, it gives you an opportunity to ask questions if you need a Bible, if you need resources. Also, send me an email, trainedbygrace2 at gmail.com, all one word, um, all lowercase. And again, subject line podcast, and write in what you need. I hope that you have the resources you need or this sparks your interest. You may have some resources closer. Praise God for that. Um, But I hope this helps enrich your life and, and helps you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. For the glory of God the Father and by the leading of the Holy Spirit. God loves you. God bless you.